section six of heroines of fiction by william dean howells this librivox recording is in the public domain book one chapter six jane austen's emma woodhouse marianne dashwood and fanny price in primitive fiction plot is more important than character as the art advances character becomes the chief interest and the action is such as springs from it in the old tales and romances there is no such thing as character in the modern sense their readers were satisfied with what the heroes and heroines did and suffered when the desire for character arose the novelists loaded their types with attributes but still there was no character which is rooted in personality the novelist of to-day who has not conceived of this is as archaic as any romancer of the middle ages in his ideal of art most of the novels printed in the last year in fact are as crudely devised as those which have amused people of childish imagination at any time in the last thousand years and it will always be so with most novels because most people are of childish imagination the masterpieces in fiction are those which delight the mind with the traits of personality with human nature recognizable by the reader through its truth to himself the wonder of jane austen is that at a time when even the best fiction was overloaded with incident and its types were staggering about under the attributes heaped upon them she imagined getting on with only so much incident as would suffice to let her characters express their natures movingly or amusingly she seems to have reached this really unsurpassable degree of perfection without a formulated philosophy and merely by her clear vision of the true relation of art to life but however she came to be what she was she was so unquestionably great so unmistakably the norm and prophecy of most that is excellent in anglo-saxon fiction since her time that i shall make no excuse for what may seem a disproportionate study of her heroines one emma woodhouse in the story named after her is one of the most boldly imagined of jane austen's heroines perhaps she is the very most so for it took supreme courage to portray a girl meant to win and keep the reader's fancy with the characteristics frankly ascribed to emma woodhouse we are indeed allowed to know that she is pretty not formally but casually from the words of a partial friend such an eye the true hazel eye and so brilliant regular features open countenance with a complexion ah what a bloom of full health and such a pretty height and size such a firm and upright figure but before we are allowed to see her personal beauty we are made to see in her some of the qualities which are the destined source of trouble for herself and her friends in her wish to be useful she is patronizing and a little presumptuous her self-sufficiency early appears and there are hints of her willingness to shape the future of others without having 
past enough of her own to enable her to do it judiciously the man who afterwards marries her says of her she will never submit to anything requiring industry and patience and a subjection of the fancy to the understanding emma is spoiled by being the cleverest of her family at ten years old she had the misfortune of being able to answer questions which puzzled her sister at seventeen she was always quick and assured and ever since she was twelve emma has been mistress of the house and you all an officious and self-confident girl even if pretty is not usually one to take the fancy and yet emma takes the fancy she manages the delightful and whimsical old invalid her father but she is devotedly and unselfishly good to him she takes the destiny of harriet smith unwarrantably into her charge but she breaks off the girl's love affair only in the interest of a better match she decides that frank churchill the stepson of her former governess will be in love with her but she never dreams that mr elton whom she means for harriet smith can be so she is not above a little manoeuvring for the advantage of those she wishes to serve but the tacit insincerity of churchill is intolerable to her she is unfeelingly neglectful of jane fairfax and cruelly suspicious of her but she generously does what she can to repair the wrong and she takes her punishment for it meekly and contritely she makes thoughtless and heartless fun of poor babbling miss bates but when knightley calls her to account for it she repents her unkindness with bitter tears she will not be advised against her pragmatical schemes by knightley but she is humbly anxious for his good opinion she is charming in the very degree of her feminine complexity which is finally an endearing single-heartedness her character is shown in an action so slight that the novel of emma may be said to be hardly more than an exemplification of emma in the placid circumstance of english country life where she is the principal social figure the story makes its round with a few events so unexciting as to leave the reader in doubt whether anything at all has happened mr elton a clerical snob as odious as mr collins in pride and prejudice is amusing indignantly resents emma's plan for supplying him with a wife in harriet smith and marries a woman who has emma's defects without their qualities frank churchill keeps his engagement with jane fairfax a secret till all the possible mischief can come from it and then acknowledges it just when the fact must be most mortifying and humiliating to emma after she has been put to shame before knightley in every way she finds herself beloved and honoured by him and in the way to be happily married there are meantime a few dances and picnics dinners and teas harriet smith is frightened by gipsies and some hen-roosts are robbed there is not an accident even of the mild and beneficent type of louisa musgrove's in persuasion there is not an elopement even of the bouffe nature of lydia's in pride and prejudice there is nothing at all so tragic as catherine morland's expulsion by general tilney in northanger abbey duels and abductions of course there are none for jane austen had put from her all the machinery of the great and little novelists of the eighteenth century and openly mocked at it this has not prevented its being frequently used since and she shows herself more modern than all her predecessors and contemporaries and most of her successors in the rejection of the major means and the employment of the minor means to produce the enduring effects of emma 
among her quiet books it is almost the quietest and so far as the novel can suggest that repose which is the ideal of art emma suggests it in an action of unsurpassed unity consequence and simplicity it is difficult to detach from the drama any scene which shall present emma in a moment more characteristic than other moments but that in which knightley takes her to task for her behaviour to miss bates can be chosen because it illustrates the courageous naturalness with which she is studied throughout while waiting for the carriage she found mr knightley at her side he looked around as if to see that no one were near and then said emma i must once more speak to you as i have been used to do i cannot see you acting wrong without a remonstrance how could you be so unfeeling to miss bates how could you be so insolent in your wit to a woman of her character age and situation emma i had not thought it possible emma recollected blushed was sorry but tried to laugh it off nay how could i have help saying what i did nobody could have helped it it was not so very bad i dare say she did not understand me i assure you she did she felt your full meaning she has talked of it since i wish you could have heard how she talked of it with what candour and generosity i wish you could have heard her honouring your forbearance when her society must be so irksome oh cried emma i know there is not a better creature in the world but you must allow that what is good and what is ridiculous are most unfortunately blended in her they are blended i acknowledge he said and were she a woman of fortune i would leave her every harmless absurdity to take its chance were she your equal in situation but emma consider how far this is from being the case she is poor she is sunk from the comforts she was born to and if she should live to old age must probably sink more her situation should secure your compassion it was badly done indeed you whom she had known from an infant whom she had seen grow up from a period when her notice was an honour to have you now in thoughtless spirits and the pride of the moment laugh at her humble her and before her niece too and before many others many of whom certainly some would be entirely guided by your treatment of her this is not pleasant to you emma and it is very far from pleasant to me but i must i will i will tell you truths while i can trusting that you will some time or other do me greater justice than you can do now while they talked they were advancing towards the carriage it was ready and before she could speak again he had handed her in he had misinterpreted the feelings which had kept her face averted and her tongue motionless they were combined only of anger against herself mortification and deep concern she had not been able to speak and on entering the carriage sunk back for a moment overcome then reproaching herself for having taken no leave making no acknowledgment parting in apparent sullenness she looked out with voice and hand eager to show a difference but it was too late he had turned away and the horses were in motion emma felt the tears running down her cheeks almost all the way home without being at any trouble to check them extraordinary as they were it is not on such grounds in such terms that a heroine is often talked to in a novel and it is not so that she commonly takes a talking to but it is to be remembered that knightley is not only emma's 
tacit lover he is the brother of her sister's husband and much her own elder and as a family friend has some right to scold her it is to be considered also that she is herself a singular type among heroines a type which jane austen perfected if she did not invent and in that varied sisterhood she has the distinction if not the advantage of being an entirely natural girl and a nice girl in spite of her faults two sense and sensibility is the most conventional the most mechanical of the author's novels the title like that of pride and prejudice implies the task of developing two opposite characters in the antithesis which suggests itself but eleanor and marianne dashwood are contrasted much more directly and obviously than darcy and elizabeth bennet these indeed are often interchangeably proud and prejudiced but eleanor is always a person of sense and marianne is always a person of sensibility one sister always looks the facts of life in the face the other always sees them through a cloud of romantic emotions it is not pretended that the wise virgin escapes suffering any more than the foolish and so far the novel attests itself the effect of jane austen's clear perception and faithful observation it abounds in the truth and courage which distinguish everything she did and it is perhaps more humorously just and more unsparingly exigent of true ideals than some other books of hers but it is built more than her other books upon the lines of the accepted fiction of her time and of the times before hers in the affair of marianne's false-hearted lover willoughby there is almost a reversion to the novel in which young men habitually sought the love of trusting girls and betrayed it it was in fact her earliest novel and she first wrote it in the form of letters then after she had practised her prentice hand to mastery in pride and prejudice she recast sense and sensibility in its present shape it is only inferior to her other novels compared with most of the novels that had gone before hers this least of jane austen's is a masterpiece and the romantic marianne even more than the matter-of-fact eleanor is a picture of girlhood touched in with tender truth and with the caressing irony which still leaves the character pleasing the story is distinctively modern in giving a description of the sister heroines which was probably an afterthought and occurred to the author in the making over miss dashwood she says had a delicate complexion regular features and a remarkably pretty figure marianne was still handsomer her form though not so correct as her sister's in having the advantage of height was more striking her skin was very brown but from its transparency her complexion was uncommonly brilliant her features were all good her smile sweet and attractive and in her eyes which were very dark there was a life a spirit an eagerness which could hardly be seen without delight marianne's mother is as romantic as the girl herself and it is by her connivance that the girl thinks it is a kind of merit to be a credulous simpleton and to believe more in the love of the cruel scoundrel who flatters and jilts her than he openly asks her to do 
when she finds herself in london shortly after their parting in the country with all the forms of tacit devotion on his part and he snubs her at their first meeting in society she owns in her shame and grief that there has been no engagement it was every day implied but never professedly declared sometimes i thought it had been but it never was yet with a faith in his unplighted truth as absolute as the sense of her own loyalty to him she would have been ready to seize upon him and claim all his remembered tenderness if her sister had not prevented her good heaven she exclaimed he is there he is there oh why does he not look at me why cannot i speak to him pray pray be composed cried elinor and do not betray what you feel to every one present perhaps he has not observed you yet this however was more than she could believe herself and to be composed at such a moment was not only beyond the reach of marianne it was beyond her wish she sat in an agony of impatience that affected every feature at last he turned round again and regarded them both she started up and pronouncing his name in a tone of affection held out her hand to him he approached and addressing himself rather to elinor than marianne inquired in a hurried manner after mrs dashwood and asked how long they had been in town elinor was robbed of all presence of mind by such an address the feelings of her sister were instantly expressed good god willoughby what is the meaning of this have you not received my letters will you not shake hands with me he could not then avoid it but her touch seemed painful to him and he held her hand only for a moment i did myself the honour of calling in berkeley street last tuesday my card was not lost i hope but have you not received my notes cried marianne in the wildest anxiety tell me willoughby for heaven's sake tell me what is the matter he made no reply his complexion changed and all his embarrassment returned but as if on catching the eye of the young lady with whom he had been previously talking he felt the necessity of instant exertion he recovered himself again and after saying yes i had the pleasure of receiving the information of your arrival in town which you were so good as to send me turned hastily away with a slight bow and joined his friend marianne now looking dreadfully white and unable to stand sunk into her chair go to him elinor she said as soon as she could speak and force him to come to me i cannot rest i cannot have a moment's peace till this is explained some dreadful misapprehension or other oh go to him this moment how can that be done no my dearest marianne you must wait this is not a place for explanations marianne continued incessantly to give way in exclamations of wretchedness in a short time elinor saw willoughby quit the room and telling marianne that he was gone urged the impossibility of speaking to him again that evening three in an earlier age of fiction if not of society the folly of marianne would have meant her ruin but in the wiser and milder aesthetics of jane austen it meant merely her present heartbreak with her final happiness through a worthier love hers is a very simple nature studied with a simpler art than such an intricate character as emma's she has only at all times to be herself responsive to her mainspring of emotionality and a girl like emma has apparently to be different people at different times in obedience to inconsistent and unexpected impulses 
she is therefore perhaps the greatest of jane austen's creations and certainly the most modern yet even so slight and elemental a character as marianne is handled with the security and mastery which were sometimes greater and sometimes less in the author's work persuasion which was the latest of her novels is in places the poorest and sense and sensibility which is on the whole the poorest has moments of being the greatest there is no such meanness portrayed in all fiction as john dashwood's and yet you are made to feel that he would like not to be mean if only he could once rise above himself in marianne and her mother who are such a pair of emotional simpletons there are traits of generosity that almost redeem their folly and their limitations in the direction of silliness are as distinctly shown as their excesses willoughby himself who lives to realize that he has never loved any one but marianne and has been given to understand by the relation who leaves her money away from him that if he had behaved with honour towards marianne he might at once have been happy and rich even if he is not committed wholesale to unavailing regret that his own repentance of misconduct which thus brought its own punishment was sincere need not be doubted but that he was for ever inconsolable that he fled from society or contracted a habitual gloom of temper or died of a broken heart must not be depended upon for he did neither he lived to exert and frequently to enjoy himself his wife was not always out of humour nor his house always uncomfortable and in his breed of horses and dogs and in sporting of every kind he found no inconsiderable degree of domestic felicity it was not jane austen's way to do anything wholesale she was far too well acquainted with life and of too sensitive an artistic conscience for that and especially in mansfield park is one aware of the hand that is held from overdoing as in sense and sensibility and in fact all her other novels the subordinate characters are of delightful verity and vitality mrs norris is of a meanness which in its sort may almost match with john dashwood's and lady bertram's indolent affections and principles form a personality of almost unique charm these sisters of mrs price who made an unhappy love-marriage beneath her are of the same quality as she and their differentiation by environment is one of the subtle triumphs of the author's art it is by the same skill that a character so prevalently passive as that of sweet fanny price is made insensibly to take and gently to keep the hold of a heroine upon the reader it would have been so easy in so many ways to overdo her but she is never once overdone either when as a child she meets with the cold welcome of charity in her uncle's family where she afterwards makes herself indispensable or in her return to her childhood home which has forgotten her in her long absence it is not pretended that she is treated by her cousins and her aunts with active unkindness and she suffers none of the crueller snubbing which cheaply wins a heroine the heart of the witness when she goes back to portsmouth on that famous visit after nine years at mansfield park it is not concealed that she is ashamed of her home of her weak and slattern mother of her drinky smoky and sweary father of her rude little brothers and sisters of the whole shabby and vulgar household none of the younger children remember her 
her father and mother from moment to moment in their preoccupation with her brother who comes with her to get his ship at portsmouth we are again among naval people fail to remember her all the circumstances are conducive to disgust and resentment in a girl who might reasonably have expected to be a distinguished guest for a while at least but once more that delicately discriminating hand of jane austen does its work it presently appears that the price household is not so altogether impossible and that a girl who wishes to be of use to others is not condemned to lasting misery and disgrace in any circumstances always the humorous sense of limitations comes in but the human sense of goodwill is there the recognition of the effect of goodwill is distinct but not elaborate there is more philosophizing and satirizing than would be present in a more recent novel of equal mastery but the characterization is as apt as in the highest art of any time sweet fanny price goes back to mansfield park with almost as little notice from her family as when she came to portsmouth but she has done them good and is the better and stronger for her unrequited self-devotion it is not pretended that she takes any active part in supporting the family at mansfield park under the disgrace which has befallen them through the elopement of one daughter to be divorced and of another to be married her function is best suggested by the exclamation with which her aunt bertram falls upon her neck dear fanny now i shall be comfortable to be a comfort that has always been fanny price's rare privilege and she imparts to the reader something of the consolation she brings to all the people in the story who need the help of her sympathy possibly there was never a heroine except anne elliot who was so passive without being spectacularly passive if it is permitted so to phrase the rather intangible fact and yet who so endeared herself to the fancy one is not passionately in love with fanny price as one is with some heroines one is quite willing edward bertram should have her in the end but she is one of the sweetest and dearest girls in the world though these words too rather oversay her she is another proof of jane austen's constant courage which was also her constant wisdom in being true to life it is not only wit like elizabeth bennet's sensibility like marianne dashwood's complexity like emma woodhouse's or utter innocence like catherine morland's that is charming goodness is charming patience usefulness forbearance meekness are charming as jane austen divined in such contrasting types as fanny price and anne elliot if any young lady has a mind to be like them she can learn how in two of the most interesting books in the world some of the old english novels were amazing successes even when compared with the most worthless novels of recent days pamela and clarissa and sir charles grandison were read all over the continent the vicar wakefield was the gospel of a new art to germany where goethe said that it permanently influenced his character avalina and cecilia were the passions of people of taste everywhere and when their trembling author was presented to louis the eighteenth in paris he complimented her upon her novels which were known also to the first napoleon no such glories attended jane austen in her lifetime she found with difficulty a publisher for her greatest book and a public quite as slow and reluctant 
but her publishers and her public have been increasing ever since and they were never so numerous as now whether they will ever be fewer it would be useless to ask what we know without asking from the evidence of her work is that in the real qualities of greatness she is still the most actual of all her contemporaries of nearly all her successors End of section six